0: To a lot of us, heart attacks, aneurysms, and other thrombotic conditions seem like they occur all of a sudden. However, researchers know that in many cases, there is a dark truth building up in our arteries over time unbeknownst to us. If you've ever wondered how blood clots and related medical incidents come about, and how scientists have invented ways to visualize these problems before they become life-threatening, stay tuned. Hi everyone, my name is Sebastian Godet. And I want to personally thank you for tuning into Beats Research Radio, a podcast and YouTube channel dedicated to bringing our community closer to research in the science and engineering fields. Kiara is a student from the Translational and Molecular Medicine program at U Ottawa, and she will be your host on today's special episode for the Science Communication TMM4950 course. In this episode, we are exploring a recent advance in ways of visualizing the progression of atherosclerosis in rabbit models. Artherosclerosis is a progressive disease which involves the thickening or hardening of arteries caused by build-up of plaque. These plaques are a build-up of many products but especially lipids and other fatty substances. To give a quick summary of our current beliefs on how the disease forms, there is an initial damage to the endothelium, which is the lining of the artery, and this results in an inflammatory response. This means that immune cells such as macrophages will infiltrate the lesions and will scavenge the lipids in the area, which transforms them into foam cells. In addition to the buildup of foam cells in this area, there is also smooth muscle proliferation and movement towards the innermost layer of the artery. These smooth muscle cells accumulate and produce extracellular matrix proteins which contribute to plate growth and arterial remodeling. As the disease progresses over the course of several years, the fibrous cap covering the lipid core of the atherosclerotic plaque becomes thinner and weaker. The cap can eventually rupture, releasing the contents of the plaque into the bloodstream and leading to the formation of a thrombus or a blood cloth. The main issue with arthrosclerosis is that a blood cloth can become lodged within an artery and can cause ischemia, the condition in which oxygenated blood flow is restricted or reduced. When we think about blood cloths and ischemia, these can result in coronary or peripheral artery diseases, strokes or kidney problems. I would like to bring your attention towards an emerging optical technique called Non-Linear Optical Imaging Microscopy or NLOM which is useful in imaging not only vascular structures but also arthrosclerotic lesions. This technique is able to visualize the structures of biological tissues such as arteries and can give us information about biochemical components.
1: Today we are joined by Dr. Leila Mastakal who is an assistant professor at the University of Carleton in the Department of Systems and Computer Engineering. She earned her bachelor's degree in the medical physics and master's in physics at the prestigious University of Sao Paulo, and went on to earn her PhD at the University of Manitoba. Now at Carleton, her research combines the use of optical microscopy and image analysis with 3D bioprinting. She aims to address questions related to cellular communication, extracellular matrix repair, and abnormal mechano environments. Welcome, Dr. Mastako Guidelin. We are so happy to have you on Beast Research Radio.
2: Uh, it's my pleasure to be here with you today. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Pleasure to have you. And so we'll just go ahead and jump right in. So to start off, we'd love to discuss uh, NOM and the advantages that it brings to medical imaging. It is often referenced for its ability to operate without labeling, giving it kind of a unique sense. Can you give our listeners a little bit of a crash course on how NLM works and what it means to operate without labeling? Yeah,
2: for sure. So actually, the, the acronym stands for Non-Linear Optical Microscopy. So the main difference is when you look at the microscope that you have in regular labs, they are all that little one with a light bulb and so on. The non-linear ones, we have a laser as a light source, and that's the main difference. So because of the laser, we can uh, generate signal from from the samples, from the tissues that you have there that you are trying to look. And um, because of that, we are able to actually visualize the structures without um, disrupting the, the tissue structure, for example. So you don't have to add any chemicals, you don't have to do any staining or preparations. And uh, that's one of the main advantages of uh, non-linear optical microscopy and uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, thanks for sharing. Well, it's very interesting to hear how it makes it easy uh, without having to do so much manipulation. So it sounds like NLM is a really promising technique to help spot arterial lesions associated with allosclerosis. However, evidently, there's still work and research being done, such as yourself and from other labs, what are some necessary steps to advance the use of NLM? And in a similar vein, what are discoveries that have been made recently that are important in the development of NLM use?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, one of the main challenges, per se, especially if you are thinking about biomedical applications or clinical applications, is related to, to the size of the microscope. So, right now, it's a very big system, but uh, There is a lot of research going on in terms of miniaturizing the the overall microscope and putting it in fiber optics and so on. And uh, that's something that uh, is going to allow the use of these techniques in in a more broad um, setups. And, uh, for example, there are quite a few groups working in developing the hardware side of these modalities and also the combination of uh, nonlinear microscopy with uh, other types of microscopy. That has been also very important in terms of uh, developing further the the capability of these imaging modalities.
1: It's great to hear. You recently published a paper entitled Quantitative Nonlinear Optical Assessment of Allosclerosis Progression in Rapids, back in 2014. In this paper, part of your research is geared towards seeing if you can use NLOM imaging matrix to identify some high risk locations of allosclerosis uh, development along the aorta. Why are certain locations more critical for the development of plaques than others?
2: Yeah, that, uh, that was something interesting. And actually, if you think about it, it becomes very intuitive because uh, basically the arteries and we have the blood flowing inside the arteries. And I imagine that they are just uh, several pipes connected to each other and we have fluid, right, going through them. And uh, every time you have an obstruction or you have a bifurcation or you have uh, some sort of deviation of the linear flow, that's going to to cause eventually differences. And uh, in the case of uh, atherosclerosis, you want to have the pipes or the arteries as clean as possible. As long as as you start having these little deposits developing inside of the the arteries, that's going to disrupt how the the blood is flowing. And uh, depending on the locations that's going to be a little more critical. For example, in, in points where you have bifurcations between two major arteries, that's naturally uh, a high stress point. If you think about the, the turbulent flow, the laminar flow and other kind of things that we see normally in thermodynamics, for example, it's, uh, it's going to become a critical hotspot for the development of lesions. And uh, that's something that we could uh, map really nicely with imaging. So we were looking at different components and we could see that uh, those spots were indeed Uh, in a way problematic in terms of uh, being more prone to to the development of these lesions.
1: It's good to hear. It's very interesting on how we could use these metrics to find uh, essentially where we might be able to, like there might be increased risk. So for clinically wise, it'd be interesting to see on how farther that goes. It is thought that extracellular matrix proteins are able to contribute to progressive plaque growth and the remodeling of the arteries. Based upon the understanding built by the research up till this point, what are some cellular or molecular mechanisms underlying how extracellular matrix proteins contribute to the events seen in atherosclerosis?
2: Yeah, that's a a very broad question, and uh, that can be answered in so many angles. And uh, one of them is basically when you have the, the changes in the structure of the extracellular matrix, it's it's basically a network of proteins, right? So all the tissues or all the organs, they have a certain structure in there. And every time you have a lesion, you have an injury, it's going to, to change these uh, this network. So for example, if you cut your arm, for example, you are going to have that little cut, you are cutting this network of proteins and eventually what's going to happen is you are going to have cells being recruited to, to the site of the injury and uh, eventually your skin is going to heal. You're going to see the cut closing and everything's going to be fine. And that's exactly a similar response that we have happening in different organs of our body. So in the, in the arteries, for example, when we have um, the lesions, the arteriosclerosis being developed, we are actually causing some injuries in the walls of the arteries. Just like when you cut your skin, you are going to disrupt a little bit the, the structure of these proteins. And uh, that's going to trigger a cascade of effects, chemical, mechanical, and so on. And yeah, so different proteins will play different roles, and uh, there will be quite a few cells coming and going, trying to repair everything. So it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a very broad question, and there are different types of uh, issues and interesting things going on in there that we can easily track using microscopy, for example. It's
1: very interesting to hear for our final question for the day. Uh, In your article, you do talk a little bit about the optical index for plaque burden, also known as OIPB, which is used to quantify the development of plaques by identifying four extracellular components in LOM imaging, collagen, lipid deposits, elastin fibers, and other fluorescent macromolecules. Can you explain a little bit for our listeners how OIPB can help us in tracking atherosclerosis lesion progression, and how are you able to study this theory? Yeah,
2: that's uh, that's an interesting question. So this index was something that I, I developed during my PhD, and uh, that was all based on information that we had from the images that uh, we were capturing from the from the lesions from the arteries. And uh, I, without going too much details, but uh, it was just a uh, a way to account for the different types of molecules, the biomolecules that we could see in the imaging. So, for example, how much collagen, how much uh, elastic fibers, how much lipids we were seen in different locations. And then uh by combining this kind of information, uh, I designed this uh this score to kind of guide how advanced or how bad the lesions were depending on the the composition of them. So that was all based on this nonlinear optical imaging. And um it was very interesting because uh you can see Uh, the progression of these lesions based on these scores because of the disruption of the structure of the tissue and the the accumulation of certain uh, components and so on.
1: Thank you, Dr. Leo, for joining us today. We really appreciate your insight into these exciting techniques and we look forward to seeing where your research will lead.
2: Thank you, my pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. On behalf of our director, Dr. Emilio Alarcón and the whole BEATS research radio team, We thank you all for tuning in. Beats Radio is supported by the University of Ottawa, Heart Institute, the Beats Lab, and the Department of Biochemistry, Microbiology, Immunology at the University of Ottawa. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube platforms to stay in the loop of our latest uploads. Wishing everyone good health. See you all next week.